Welcome back to Church is Cancelled. I am your co-host, Brett, and I am joined by my ever-faithful partner in spiritual crime, Bishop Danny. <laughs> Bishop Danny, uh, how you doing today? I'm doing very well. As some of you can see, I'm currently off-planet working on a project with my associates uh, who are yeah. still in a Romanian prison. Yeah, so the, the heat got so hot, you had to leave the planet, it looks like. That's correct. Um, um, today's episode is going to be interesting. We're calling this the season finale because uh, we're going to be going on a bit of a hiatus. Hey, we're not going anywhere. Uh, we're just having a disagreement about our branding. And so, as the Bible says in any marriage, you have to take a pause sometimes. Uh, so that's what I, we're I don't doing. Think it, I don't think it says that. Okay. Well, uh, Brett, do you have a cliche of the week for us? Yeah, I've got one. I've got the Christian cliche of the week. As All we right. usually try to start with a Christian cliche of this week is uh, one you'll hear frequently at youth groups, uh, Bible colleges across the country. You'll hear young, a young, young adult say, ministries. Yes, young adult ministry. You'll hear uh, mostly young women say it. I've never heard a young man say it, but I wouldn't be surprised. They say, I'm dating Jesus. I'm okay being single right now because, well, I'm dating Jesus. Uh, first of all, historically and biblically inaccurate, he never dated anyone. Why would he want to date you? Okay. Uh, he's so badly, <laughs> he so badly wanted to not date you that he went and died uh, so that he wouldn't have to date you. So let's, uh, let's keep that in mind, ladies. You are not dating Jesus. He doesn't want anything to do with you romantically. And here's what I've just also, let me add that to, you know, something to that. Talk about an age gap relationship. Oy vey, right? <laughs> he died. He rose again. So you're dating a he's zombie. thousands wizard. of years old now. And, you know, he's been known to, you know, have powers. So that's kind of, uh, uh, you know, anyhow. Um, Imagine trying to uh, explain to someone, uh, that your your boyfriend uh, rose from the dead, and then uh, you know you haven't seen your boyfriend around in a while. What happened? Oh, uh, well, you know he ascended. He'll be back. I mean, yeah, that's worse than my girlfriend goes to another school. Like yeah. that was that's yeah. Uh, man, I remember hearing that from girls who, uh, and that was always the sign. Like there was a guy who wanted to date her. Yep. She thought he was too, like, she thought she could do better than him. Of she course. Said, she said, I'm dating Jesus. Within six months, she's either engaged to a buffer taller guy or church a church chad or she's pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> and now she, like, you know, uh, uh, true story. I know someone who was in a situation where he liked a, a, a woman. They both had a less than, you know, Christian life up until then. And he said, you know, I'd like to, you know, he had, you know, whatever. And she said, you know, I'm really looking for something more exciting. She got knocked up by a guy who went to prison and they came oh. back to the other guy and then said, you know, I'm starting to realize I need a man of God in my life. And he said, I think you do too. It just. He hung up, hopefully. Yeah, he did the oh, right yeah. thing. You 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 know you'll know who I'm talking about. I'll tell you off air, but 
so we'll be back sometime in the like late summer, early fall. I think something like that's probably maybe a little earlier. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, we're coming back though. Like Jesus, you can count on it. Oh, of course. Um, little update on last week's episode. Something came to light about our subject last week, which is a Mr. Josh Duggar. His yeah. wife still with him as he is now apparently taking on a uh, male to female. I won't use the T word for reasons that I'm worried about. Oh. Tall's a word. Yeah. A transmission. Okay. Ah. <clears throat> a male to female uh, individual of that variety. He's taken on a lover in prison and i don't get it man uh, i think it's wild that that's happening and his wife still forgives him she's like well, i understand must and, be lonely and let me tell you something if there was more women like her there wouldn't be a population collapse crisis imminent it just wouldn't be a situation right danny how many years would you have to be in prison before you would take on a transitory lover uh, I don't know, six, seven months. <laughs> yeah, let me just be honest, okay? It gets lonely quick in there, you know. Well, listen, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, if some, if I get hit with a hit with a charge, and in the back of my head, I know that you know there's reasons why I'm probably going to be going away for a while. I don't know yeah. that I'm serving that sentence. I'm saying before before they take me away, I'm, you know, I'm wrapping a Ford GT around a light pole or something, you know? Yeah, you're you're doing uh you're doing the thing that Jeffrey Epstein didn't do. Okay, well, you should never <laughs> say that name. Uh we say Jeffrey Jepstein on this channel. No, what I'm saying is I'm doing the Paul Walker. I am I am seeing <laughs> myself out. I'm Walker. I, I am exiting stage left. Uh, it was nice knowing you, but I'm not doing 20, 30 years now. Nah. There's no way. Not at this age. <laughs> no. <laughs> you although, caught me when I was 18, maybe. Yeah, like although I did write a treatment for a Netflix series that did not get picked up in which two obese friends who are roommates decide to get, like, tried to find the perfect crime to commit so mm. they can be forced into prison for at least two years so they can get in shape and not have to pay rent. It's a, it was a brilliant <laughs> script. I, couldn't, I, I thought it was a good script. It was a good treatment, right. but I couldn't get it picked up, man. Weird. Yeah. All right. So we've done our church cliche of the week. Now we've discussed, you know, we're, you know, we're, this is our season finale. But before we kind of conclude things, we I do want to break down how we feel about what we've learned doing this first season of Churches Canceled and what we're going to rebrand to in the next season. Uh, but before we do that, I, I did want to talk about one thing really quick, which is, I don't know about if this is something you're going through, but this is something as somebody who's terminally on the internet, I'm watching happen. And that's, you know, and sometimes I, I watch a lot of, you know, church or Christian podcast in preparation Ugh. doing this. And uh, there's a common and interesting theme, which is people leaving their denomination and going to a different one. Now, for yeah. instance, 
I what they really want to do is just leave the church. They're just too afraid. Well, I mean, no, I don't think that's true. I think people are searching for more meaning, and uh, when they realize there is there's an endpoint to the meaning that you're searching for, because what you're searching for is a feeling of fulfillment, and you're not going to find it in going to a different building. Uh, that being said, I wanted to become Orthodox, and I watched that episode of Seinfeld where George converts to Latvian Orthodox to impress a woman, and it happens in the course of a, the episode, so it's like a, taking place over the course of a week. And so I'm figuring, all right, I go there, I learn a little bit about their deal, I take a written test, and I'm Orthodox. And uh, so I was talking with, um, you know, the, the the priest of the local um parish or whatever they call it and he's like oh it's a minimum of a year process so like okay yeah i don't know if i'm gonna want to be orthodox in a year so you know i'm sure you can go to the church without having to like convert or become a member yeah it was kind of smoky and incensey in there so (laughs) and i was like so i just traded the fog machine for incense yeah I, th- um, I think if I had to be forced to into it to strictly follow a denomination, it probably would be the Eastern Orthodox. After doing the research for this episode, uh, I like kind of like the stuff they're into. Yeah, I mean the the the. So I wanted to talk about why are there so many denominations, and this is actually inspired by a comment made by a comedian in their special. Ari Shafir uh, had a comedy special called Jew, and in it he there's a line about what it, what's with the 32 flavors of Jesus, and I thought that was an interesting thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it did give me a second to go, why are we so you know, why are there so many different versions? So divided. Yeah, and so I wanted to discuss that. So, what are your thoughts? Like, why do you think? that happened throughout history that there's this many, because like, if you look at other Abrahamic faiths or even other faiths in in general, there's no like what, I mean, there's no like, well, I'm this kind of Buddhist, you know? Well, yeah. The Jews are split. Uh, The Muslims have the Shiites and the Sunni. Right. Um, there There are splits, maybe not as many as Christianity. Um, I know, so I was raised in just kind of, I don't know what it was when I was a kid in my early childhood in Connecticut, congregationalist. I don't even know. It It seemed pretty liberal. Like they would have a, a talent show and there was like guys playing punk music and yeah, girls in like, uh, you know, just the, that 90s punk look, uh, halter tops and stuff, dyed hair at the church at the talent show so that and then uh it started where is this a- church and how come we weren't going there uh, halter tops yeah okay Marlboro, connecticut uh the went to a lutheran church when i lived in minnesota everybody's lutheran in minnesota man you got no choice yeah so like even the lutherans i found i find them fascinating and the reason i find the lutherans fascinating is there's talk about there's like 32 flavors of Lutheran, right? Mm-hmm. Because like I, I knew somebody who was Lutheran, and there uh, and there's the evangelical Lutherans. Be freeze, yeah. 
And then there's the other type of Lutherans that broke off because the one Lutherans were like, we let rainbow people be pastor or priest or whatever. And then the other groups like, we're not doing that. But then there's the synod, the, the different like, oh no, we break up by different states of like how we do things. So I was like, oh, okay. There's, there's so much. And you, you may not even know, um, th- there's a link you referenced that I watched a YouTube video that he's talking about why different denominations occurred. And he said that basically most non-denominational churches are just Baptist or right. would most closely align with Baptist. And that's, that's true. I've been to churches that were non-denominational and if you look hard enough through their website and their beliefs, it may even say, you know, affiliate of this Baptist uh, denomination, or you can just right. kind of tell. But uh, I mean, I've been to Baptist church that were pretending to be non-denominational. I've been to, um, Presbyterian churches before I knew that they were uh, pre they were reformed and believed in predestination, which they never talked about while I was there. But there's so many different flavors, as you said. Why I think that happened, that there's real historical reasons that you can go study, right? Like the Lutherans came about because Luther didn't like what the Catholic Church was doing, right. wanted people to know that they were saved uh, by grace alone, right? So there's real reasons why these happen, but why I think on a larger scale, bigger picture is just the Bible's a difficult text to interpret. It, it's not easy. And depending who you are, what tools you're using to interpret it, what context you are in, what your worldview is, is going to affect how you read it and what you believe. So that that's my take on it is just different leaders have interpreted it different at different times. And then you get splits in leadership just over over like weird things, little things, right? Like, should we speak in tongues or not? Um, do we baptize babies or not? Like you get some big splits off of those little topics. But I think the Bible is just hard to read. It's hard to interpret. So we get different interpretations are uh, fleshed out in the form of different denominations. And, and I'll say this much. I think it's the healthiest thing possible. Um, and I, the reason I say that is um, I, I, I want to go into it, but I also at the same time believe, and this has been my experience, it's going to be nearly impossible to go find a, a church or a denomination that aligns 100% with what you believe. Absolutely. Um because, you know, I look through a lot of Eastern Orthodox theology and I go, oh, that's correct. This is right. I like this. This is and I'm not treating it like a buffet. I'm just saying, no, these have been my views after mm-hmm. trying to study and understand the Bible and in, in, in trying to get it correct. <clears throat> that, you know, for instance, the one thing Eastern Orthodox believe is that unlike how you know, you and I can't keep to know each other in evangelical, um, you know, you know, uh, you know, American, you know, assemblies of God church there, the, the Eastern Orthodox belief on original sin is a drastic departure from what we, I was taught growing up and their view is that you are not um, guilty of the original sin, but you live with the consequences of it. And, I'm not a theologian, so I don't understand the scripture perfectly or even imperfectly. The delta between my capacity to understand it and what it probably is is really far. But when I hear that, 
my gut goes, that's correct. So that's where, you know, and, and to see that, and, and after learning a lot about the Orthodox faith and their view that salvation is part of your salvation or not, not just part, but a lot of it is your participation in church as, uh-huh. as that video that we'll link in the description. Great video, by the way. Yeah. Like I've never seen, I, I was upset with the font, but I couldn't tell if it was a joke because it was a zoomer. I, I don't get zoomer humor at all. So, um, at some point, if you have a mullet, it's no longer a joke. You just have a mullet. So, right. yeah. But, you know, um, it, it even gave me pause. And then I, so I started, you know, doing a lot of research into the Eastern Orthodox. And then my favorite part is the people who leave. Like, so I liked looking at, you know, who, you know, were, was leaving. And then people who are leaving the Orthodox faith and becoming more Protestant or evangelical and them explaining why they did that. And I started going, that makes a lot of sense too. So It'll always make sense why people leave, because like you said, I don't think there's any denomination that can 100% agree with a free thinking individual who can actually look at scripture and think critically about it. I think we'll, there'll be one or two things with every denomination will disagree with. I really like, I identify most closely with, you know, a lot of things that the Methodists uh, believe. Yeah, yeah, uh, you would. The Also the, the Lutherans and also Eastern Orthodoxy. But I, I don't think I would fit perfectly in any one of those. Right. Yeah, so I, um, I, I do like the, and, and, the reason I'm looking at, I was looking into it was that I've gone to, you know, mega churches uh, that are either assemblies of God or assemblies of God adjacent, meaning they don't have a denomination, but you walk right. in there and you look at their theology and they're, uh, you know, well, okay. Yeah. But not so much. And at least, you know, there was a place that I went to in Austin on the, on the referral of my former pastor. And uh, the first time I walk in there, that was what they were doing. I was like, "Uh Oh no, no, no. It is all the way in South Austin. I was like, I'm not, I mean, I love Jesus, but this is too far. I'm not commuting. Uh, Jesus isn't paying my gas money. So yeah. And I drove that huge Lincoln that got no, that. Yeah. But so, you know, uh, I find it all interesting. And at some point I came to the conclusion, you know, I view church as uh, a place you go to build your community of like-minded believers. And that, you know, it's at the end of the day, um, they're not going to be able to get it hundred percent correct. So trying to find something that's closer to what you believe as opposed to are there people here I can be friends with and build a community with? And that's how we're going to, you know, grow in our faith. That to me seemed like a higher priority. And so I ended up circling back to being oh, you circled back. Did you? Then the guy was like, it's going to take a year and you have to study all this stuff. And I was like, all right. And then he's like, well, Metropolitan Christos in 1304. I'm like, all right. I mean, 
Yeah, part of it too was you know I was watching. Were you trying to be a priest or something? Like, what were you applying for? Just go <laughs> no, to a just... service on Sunday. Yeah. So like they their website. Here's what I love about this place. Their website doesn't have a service time. You have to email them and like get to like. It's about, that's because it's about the mystery with the Orthodox. <laughs> I was like, listen, but I need to know what time. They're like, you know, the, the God starts the service when he starts it. The Mother Mary shall guide you. I'm like, all right. That's where I was like, let's take a back seat here. Start talking about Mother Mary. I'm a little concerned. But, you know, um, the mystery of the the Eastern Orthodox. I mean, the Eastern Orthodox also talk about third heaven, which is really a Pentecostal kind of concept Whoa. or AG. So, which I really appreciated, like, and I like the beards. I like the outfits. It's a whole vibe. Yeah, I think they're online so I can fit in. Yeah, but the, um, but it's not that I circled back. I mean, I'm still thinking about what that looks like. But part of it too was as you know the world is changing always has been and if you look at the non-denominational or assemblies of god type churches they have a tendency to be like all right what's cool we're going to do that i don't have a problem with that uh the reason i was in a lot of them for the longest time was for the laser lights and the smoke machines and all of that right um but uh you know, I thought about that and realized I wasn't interested in, um, sorry, what I meant to say was, you know, I realized that it's, the thing I liked about the Eastern Orthodox was that it, it's been the same for thousands of years. And I'm not really worried about, you know, external social factors putting pressure on them to behave a certain way because this other church you know, it's a bunch of, it's mostly women in their church, right? Because most churches are more women than men. Uh-uh. And they have to start being socially progressive in order to appease their customer. Because uh-huh. the Eastern Orthodox, as I said, their website doesn't even have a, a, a service time because they don't give a rip if you're sewing up or not, right? Um, so the other group is really looking for a customer. And that has been more of a concern because then businesses will pivot in order to get customers. And so that's kind of, whereas it appears the Lutherans and the Methodists and all these other people don't care if you're a customer. And there's something interesting to me about that, you know? Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. So, but it says here in your notes, uh, you think you're going to become Eastern Orthodox? Well, just reading about the denomination sounded interesting. I like that they, so the uh, Western Christianity and a lot of modern day evangelical churches uh, kind of they claim a monopoly on truth. Right. And they say, we have it. Here's what it is. You can find it in Jesus. Yes. Um, and they're Eastern very Orthodox, on that. The Eastern, Eastern Orthodox, Orthodox also are skeptical about what you can even know about God. Uh, that's true. They, they focus more on communion with God and one's. One can find truth through their personal experience with God, which I think is is very interesting. Um, so yeah, just it, it looked interesting to me. I don't uh, I don't know where I stand, Danny. Um, I I had a thought the other day. Most Christians believe God is infinite. Uh, I don't know if it matters if God's infinite or finite. I heard another 
I had a Christian mentor actually say, well, God could be finite. He could just be so large that it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't make a difference to us. Uh, right. So either way, right. God is God is infinite. And if he's infinite, I don't think I can ever wrap my mind around what that right. means. Right. Or God is finite, but he's so large, I can only ever understand maybe a small part. Right. Right. Or he doesn't exist at all, in which case none of this matters. So doesn't well, that's exist, not something we're exploring. Right. No, not exploring that, but it's there as an alternate right. uh, reality where then nothing would matter. Uh, but if, also, if he's so infinite, I can't understand him. It may be my, uh, my, my claims, my opinions about God may be irrelevant. Or if he's just so big that I can only understand a small part, my opinion's probably also irrelevant. So well, that part I agree with. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know that my opinion matters very much anymore. I think uh, experience, maybe, uh, commuting with others, for sure. Right. Um, I, I see value in that in church, but more so this is coming from a place of humility, not saying nobody's opinion matters, but right. I, I don't know that, that mine does. So in terms of being critical of others and, and of the church, um, I, I may be, that may be irrelevant to, to express that. But I don't know. I, I remain torn. I think some of the things the church does, it needs to be called out for. Yeah, which is that, why we have a podcast on which we do that. Yeah, so. I, I think people who have come to question and call these things out and be critical ought to seek to be there for Christians who are struggling and maybe falling away from the church, not because we're worried they're going to fall into sin, but because that's a hard thing to have to go through. And yeah. we should want to be there for people who feel like they're losing a part of their soul or their experience in, in life. Fair enough. Hey, uh, should we do our ad now? Mm-hmm. got a great ad. This is incredible. So this company is called yeah. Duggar Child Care. Sounds suspicious. Yeah. So here's what happens. A Duggar comes out to your home and watches Somebody your from kids. The family. Could be, uh, you know, for legal reasons, we can't say uh, who, where their oh. origination point is. Um, if you meet a Duggar who is Asian or African American, maybe you'll figure out. Maybe it's not in the family. Maybe Jim Bob gets around like his kid. Who knows? But Duggar Childcare is a unique mm -hmm. service in which. One of the Duggars comes to your home, watches your children, and as an added bonus, brainwashes them with their weird theology, which <laughs> two or three of the kids no longer participate in. But that's a very, it's a very um, added bonus. In this world mm -hmm. where you're concerned with your children being indoctrinated into weird stuff, okay? Yeah. Weird story hours down at the library, okay? Mm -hmm. The Duggars come in and influence them and indoctrinate them with an, right off the bat. with an entirely different wacky set of ideas. I, uh, so you just do it up front so you don't have to worry about it happening later correct. on. Nice. See, here's the thing. Some people wait for the school to brainwash their kids. Why should you brainwash them first? They're your kids. <laughs> so you can go to DuggarChildCare.io 
slash canceled. And uh, you can use Duggar Child Care today. Of course, we accept no responsibility for what happens to your children later in life. Um, If they end up in prison because they cheated on their wife and they take on a male to female lover, that is your problem. We are not endorsing. We're suggesting that you use this service. But if you are, please use our code. That is doggerchildcare.io slash cancel. And now back to the season finale. And we're back. We're back. Welcome back to the finale of season season one. That's right. Of Churches Canceled. Yours truly, Father Brett. Yep. Uh, during our break, I was in. I was inducted as a uh, a clergy member. Yep. Of the uh, Universal Life Church. Okay. I so, also am actually ordained by. I'm ordained by more than one person, actually. Yeah, you are. I've seen your uh, ordination certificate. Yeah, I'm ordained by three different places, actually. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we just uh, we wanted to share some closing thoughts on the Correct. season. You know. Uh, you have some things in the notes here, like uh, what have we learned? Right. Have you learned anything in season one? Um, yes. Here's what I've learned, um, and this has always been a gut feeling that I've had. <clears throat> Luke eight seventeen: For nothing is hidden that will not become evident, <laughs> nor anything secret. What's that? That will not be known. Light. What? You read this to, uh, two or three episodes ago. I've been reading it every episode because it, you know, it's one of those things where. Is this your life verse now? It's not my life verse now. It is not. My life verse still remains that one about, you know, uh, money makes the world go round and wine is the solution for everything. Something like that. (laughs) Ecclesiastes, I believe. Um, You you and I had whatever that verse is group. Yeah, I know. know. Yeah, we got kicked out of a young adults thing for that. Yeah. so the other thing that I've learned is, um, you know, my skepticism, if you want to call that towards church leaders was, and I wouldn't use skepticism like, it's not like I'm angry at them, right? I would say my skepticism towards church leaders has isn't misplaced. And that, you know, if I put my faith in the leader's ability to discern right from wrong, and, you know, I look to them to, like, guide my every step in life. I'm probably setting myself up to fail in many ways, yes. you know? Yeah, I think, what, uh, I, what have I learned? Um, I don't think I learned much through the scandal episodes. Okay. But maybe. I mean, I think I learned that we we give we put the pastor on the pedestal, right? We give them too much status, too much power, not enough accountability. Uh, these pastors in the modern day Western church, they become celebrities. Right. And it usually doesn't end well. Yeah. And I, I just, I, when I was in college, before I even went to Bible college, I had people telling me, you got to go to Bible college. You got to go to seminary. You're going to become a pastor. Uh, even in Bible college, you should be a pastor. But everyone there wanted to be a pastor. So I was like, no, I don't know. Everyone else is doing that. Right. I just want to get like a degree that I'll go help people in another way. Okay. Um, 
so I could never be a pastor. I could just never do it. I just feel like you have to try so hard to always look happy and be happy and write. You've got to write good, powerful sermons almost every week. Right. Uh, unless you got a preaching team or something, but most like to monopolize the preaching. They want to be in control. Uh, I, I just, I couldn't do it. I could not be the mouthpiece of God. I do, could not bear the weight of a congregation leading a group of people to, to God. Cause people look at you like you are partially divine when you're a pastor And what these scandals have proven that we've talked about in this first season is that they're not, none of these guys are guys and gals. Or, or is it that the government is just so strict and they're like, how dare you fly away with a male uh, Mary Magdalene with a bunch of meth? And like, is it the fact that there are too many laws? Because that could be the case. No, that's, that's not the case. Okay. Well, I tried. I'm afraid that's not the case. Um, That's what we've learned. How has it changed our faith? Well, for me, I think the thing that has changed throughout the course of doing this podcast has simply been that I'm, first of all, not as... I have little to no interest in being all that critical of church anymore, which is not a conclusion I expected to reach. I expected my criticism to metastasize, right? Um, And I realized it's, and this sounds cynical, but it really isn't. I'm not coming from a cynical place, but it's almost like, yeah, it's a business. It's just, you know, just let it be what it is. Because in so many cases, there are, you know, I go to a church that on a Saturday at four o'clock, We'll pack 4,000 people into a stadium. And if you're there at 401, you're not getting parking, right? And this massive parking lot, right? This is a huge building. And they bought the building that was in front of the building, which was another church. They bought that for offices. And they bought the building uh, four blocks down the street to be a university. And you start looking at, you know, and then the pastor drives a Toyota, but it's a hundred and ten thousand dollar Toyota, right? And I don't, I don't hate him for it. I actually like because he's a Land Cruiser. I think it's really cool that he has that, right? But it's like the most. But I'm saying like it's, you know, even in car circles we call it the stealth wealth vehicle because like mm-hmm. it's really expensive. But you're just like, ah, Toyota SUV. What does that cost? Yeah. But you know, um, it's whatever cynicism I had about church gone. Because what I understood, what I saw through doing these episodes about the scandals was, oh, they're just broken people. Like Ted Haggard's heart was in the right place, but he doesn't know how to do anything else, right? Yeah. Mark Driscoll has his heart, like his head is in the right place. His skills were in the right place. His head is in the right place, yeah. but his heart is far from the yeah. game. You know, his head is, his head's in it but his heart isn't. And you see Haggard and his heart's in it, but his dick is in something else. (laughs) Right. And so like you start comparing a lot of these guys, you realize, okay, there's only two or three types of scandal and there's not that much interesting going on with like, I see some of these, you know, we've talked about 
uh, Willow Creek and and Hillsong, two churches that have had a massive impact on, you know, what is Christendom in 2023. I think the, the, the two churches have shaped that in a lot of ways. And I think were either of these guys like getting into it with nefarious intentions? No, I think in both situations they got into it with godly intentions of trying to help people pursue God. And that's what they were trying to facilitate. And along the way they realized, well, this is probably an impossible task. So instead I'm just going to make a bunch of money and, you know, uh, I kind of, I'm kind of okay with that on some level. I, I, uh, I would, I would echo the, how it's changed my faith. I feel at least like I am coming to the point where I can become less critical yeah. of the church. I think it, uh, I don't know that I am yet, but I feel like I can be less critical. When I, we started this podcast, I was still attending church, albeit um, with a grumpily, I was grumpily attending church. I'm not at all anymore. Um, that, that could still change. I wanted to try out, especially after doing this episode on all the different flavors. Maybe there's another flavor that's a better fit. Who knows? Yeah. I, uh, I still have a deep love for God and a deep respect for, uh, the gospel and for Christ and what he's done. I think it's my respect for the gospel and for the experience of Christianity that has driven me out of church because mm. I respect it so that I don't want to be a part of these communities that either distort it or water it down or completely disregard it or use it as a cudgel or the Bible is divine to them more so than Christ is. You know, I just don't want to be a part of those communities. Right. So I, that's where it's, it's landed me. And uh, with a, a lot, not not easily, you know, with the painfully so. And that, yeah. that's a process that started years before we started doing this podcast. Course, I think yeah. the podcast just gave me a place to verbalize things. Yeah. I look at it and I have, uh, feel exactly the same way. And my response has been, all right, if it's fake, it's better than, you know, the great economist Thomas Sowell says you have to compare something with something. And what you've just described is a very accurate description of how I feel walking into a lot of churches. And the something that I compare it to is not doing anything, not going anywhere, having no community. And when I compare it to, would I rather have a community of, of people who love Jesus but are pursuing him in a context that I find is lackluster or is it better just to be rolling solo? And I did the rolling solo thing for so long that I realized I'd rather just go to a church where yes, everyone on staff is fake smiling and you know, they're not doing Dave Ramsey the correct way. They've, you know, they leased a Toyota Sienna, um, and you know uh, that one for or sure. Dave Ramsey comes before Jesus for them. There's other churches like that. Oh, oh yes, of course. Or you know, you know, we posted a story on our Instagram of like some of these dudes are a little, if you know what I'm saying. You know, they're a little, little femme, and I find that to be odd too. And uh, 
but that's just to, in my mind, I've decided. Yeah. So what if it, I find it to be a little fake? I don't know. You didn't use that word. I did. But what? So what if I find it to be a little fake and, and, and highly obtuse? It's better than like <clears throat> some forward momentum is better than nothing is my perspective. Yeah, I, I just don't think that nothing is the only other option. That's fair. I think the other options are like what we're doing right here, Yeah, uh, a podcast. There are other podcasts out there. There are other communities of people who have kind of like left church, but it still means something to them, but they're trying to figure right. out what right. uh, that exists that you can be a part of. Not really, in, you're not going to have a building that you can go hang out at on Sunday right. morning, Wednesday nights with those people. Because they're scattered, you know, you're gonna. This gonna be virtual stuff, and yeah. Uh, but I've been to, I've been, uh, I went to a Zoom meeting that was about that very topic. Like, well, what, what do we do now that we don't believe that the Bible is the, you know, is the God-inspired Word of God? Well, uh, you say that. I'm not saying that. Well, you're saying that. I'm. But uh, I'm saying that using that as to make the point that right. it's not all, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like I either go to a church or I don't go anywhere and I have right. no community. No, that's correct. And that has, so my, my view has been when I am talking about my community, I want people that can touch and feel me, you know, like I want to be up close and per, well, I want the them to take me. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, true story. The the church that I was it wasn't the church I was raised in, but maybe the church that I went to from the time I was like twelve or thirteen to eighteen. Uh, there was a family, uh, lovely people by the way, just the loveliest people who lived on a farm. And one time, the there's only one girl. There was five or six boys, and the 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 sister laid her head in her brother's lap. And then the brother was stroking her hair. And I was like, I know nope. that's uh, nope, too close. That's going to be a no for me, dog. Um, Cause she was old enough to have babysat children and know what's down there. Yeah. And so then you're laying your head close. That's too weird for me. Mm-hmm. Now. I don't think anything untoward took place at all. I think that was just, they were a little too, little too close for comfort, but kind of why I never went back to that denomination after I had the option. So um, do you think that Christian podcasts, and this is something you somewhat alluded to a, a moment ago, yeah. Christian podcasts or digital or online only communities of people will replace in many ways will replace churches. No, simply no. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Not the more traditional denominations, right? Because uh, well, part of what the church relies on is their tradition, uh, their maybe their liturgy, right? Yeah. So podcasts, I think more and more churches are going to have them. Almost every freaking non-denominational church does. Right. It's as a supplement and usually a teaching supplement. Uh, maybe they started as a new ministry for an additional tax write-off. Right. Very smart. Yeah. Um, Which the uh, reason not we're... we did that, not saying that at all. No, uh, and part of the reason we're no longer going to be called churches canceled and we're going to be called church of the boys or something like that is because yeah. we're a church now. So we are. Yeah, our salaries uh, no, are tax deductible. I don't think the more traditional traditions are going to go that way. They want to keep their tradition. 
they've got all that real estate they're heavily invested in. Um, oh. They can do something with that. I think people like going in person and seeing other people too. Uh, I don't think people liked having to do a lot of virtual stuff during COVID. Now I can't for the life of me understand people who like going to churches to sit and watch a guy preach on a TV screen anyways, which is what a lot of them are these days. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think podcasts are going to replace going to a gathering place on Sunday mornings, unless you're starting to get into some of those more obscure, less well-defined communities of people who are leaving the church, but not atheists, but want to talk about it or something like that. So here's where I disagree. Um, I, I can foresee a future in which, you know, a podcast or um, someone standing up and giving a sermon on a video and then a group of people gathering at their house or a coffee shop, watch it and then go discuss it. I mean, at this point, let's just be honest, right? Uh, and I, I, the reason I think this is you and I are, you know, we're millennials. I'm a little older than you, but we're millennials. The next generation is entirely, entirely different than we are in the sense that, like, for instance, I have a nephew, uh, 18 or 19 years old, just doesn't care about getting his license because, like, he's like, oh, I can, like, my buddies pick me up. If I want to go to Taco Bell, I get a DoorDash to my house. Right. Yeah, but nobody wants that friend. Nobody wants well, the guy who's like, hey, can I get a ride to the mall? Yeah, but who's, are they going to the mall, though? That's the thing. It's like, are they going to the mall? They're not. Yeah, right. I guess not. To them, they're terminally online. Their lives are wrapped up in Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram. And that's where life happens. For me, for us, there still was like, listen, if you want to get your peepee touched, you want to do something, you still kind of had to venture outside of your house. There's a whole generation that that wasn't that already wasn't the case. And then three years ago, this orange How guy locked them in their house. Touch? Well, they're going to touch their own peepees through the Internet. But they're all, I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's it, it's um, I, I think that it will in a lot of ways. And uh, so here's what I see happening. You and I, in the first segment, discussed a lot the Eastern Orthodox Church and both of ours interest in it. I think you have two groups of people. I think you have kids who are looking at the way the world is going, and they're like, no, if I want to be rebellious and cool, I'm going to have to go be open to open state Catholic. Because right. like, because otherwise I'm, I'm dying my hair purple I'm, and I'm being... Right. I'm just saying like then, you know, like you're, you're, you're living adjacent to progressive wackos. So then they want to go be super Catholic and like, no, forget all of that. I'm covering up and not being promiscuous. And, you know, I'm just saving myself, which is, this is a trend that I've been seeing online of like younger women saying like, we should be celibate. <laughs> Hold on. Like you just circled back to where this degeneration started, where our generation yeah. was kind of like, we're not doing that. Right. Um, and uh, in one generation, they figured out we're going to circle back to that. But, you know, I feel like mega churches and this is, you know, I'll, uh, which is fascinating to me because, you know, I'll use this as an example is like, there's a handful of comedians that I like who, 
you know, like a John Chris type who is like, you know, he can't go do a stadium in Chicago, but he played Willow Creek, which is the largest, like, which is almost the second largest auditorium in the country, 4,000 mm-hmm. people or 5,000 people or something like that. And, uh, you know, you have these mega churches sometimes in the middle of nowhere. So like you go to like a, a, a town, like, um, you know, random little towns in Texas, they don't have anything except a mega church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, younger people are less and less interested in. So they're either diverging into these traditions that like our, our, our parents left because the Lutheran, because they're getting divorced and the Lutherans look down on them for doing that or whatever. And they end up going to these hyper traditional places or they're going to end up like, well, the, the mega church won't let us do anything fun and you know, whatever. And I'm a, they, them, so now they're going to be doing church on a podcast, which I think is to, it's natural to them. It's not, it doesn't feel weird to them. You know, it's like a, it's like the UFC. It's like mixed martial arts. You know, everybody had their own tradition in the beginning. You would get guys who were like sumo wrestlers fighting Thai Muay Thai fighters. Right. And it was very, you know, strictly traditional. And then the Gracies came in with their Brazilian jiu-jitsu and just like whooped on everyone. So everyone's like, ah, shit, we need to learn Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Everyone goes and gets a black belt and BJJ. Now right. everyone's good at fighting on the ground and they're good at, you know, whatever Boxing, else. Yeah. So now you see guys starting to go back to, you see some more traditional styles coming back out because, well, everybody knows how to fight on the ground. You have to have some type of advantage with your striking. So you've got these, karate guys who can throw some incredible kicks from any position, knocking dudes out with spinning back kicks and shit. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it feels similar to that. Like, well, you know, we were very traditional and we all came out and did this and that turned into everyone was the same. So it's yeah. not cool to be the same as everyone else. Now Correct. we got to go back. What can we go back to the traditions? I would argue, find something new. Really? Don't go back. Find something new. So turn your own course. That's here's the what, future. Yeah. Here's what I would like to see. I would like to see a um, a church doing all of the traditional iconography, the incense, the the robes, the whole outfits, the walking down the aisle with the hey, hey, right? The whole thing, right? And then after they do all of that, rock band, smoke machine, whole thing. <laughs> Skinny jeans. <laughs> Yeah, and then the guy comes out and, and just gives a epic sermon on why God wants you to have a Rolls Royce, which I'm okay with, right? So if we could just find a, a happy balance of integrating the tradition and the iconography, because there's one thing that I do agree with is like I walk into a church and there isn't like here's an image of Jesus, even though it's imperfect or whatever. It's here is a picture of our worship service where there are no, there's no cross. There's nothing there to like, it's if I can't distinguish your church from a conference center for a um, essential oil multi-level marketing scheme, like what is like, you know, that, that to me, it would be cool if I could figure out that you had a church, you know? I see. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. Well, I, do you have anything else, Brett? Pastor Brett, Father Brett. I don't think so, man. It's it's been a great 
first season and it i just want to say thank you to all of our regular listeners i of know which we have like 150 or something we have some i hear i get feedback from them the ones i know in person and i'm just right. really grateful for everybody who's stuck with us right this far uh don't forget to uh while we're away send your emails to us on topics Correct. you'd like to hear us discuss yep. in the next season or scandals uh what's that email again danny that's a great question. I'm going to put it in the description down below because I can't remember. <laughs> Hold, uh, on. Hold on one second. We, well, we have like a, we've got the actual email and then we have like a pseudonym that. Yeah. Well, it's, I think it's blessings, blessing or blessings at churcheskanceled.com. We'll put it in the description. We'll put that in the description. Send us your story ideas. If you'd like for us to give you Christian advice. Um, you shouldn't want that. You should want no. good advice from someone, but we'll give you that too. Uh, we did do an advice segment at some point earlier in the season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed giving that um, piece of advice about, um, you know, watching chiropractic videos and having romantic feelings. So, and then you found one of the videos and sent it to me. It's like, oh. like, you try to cause me to stumble, brother. <laughs> All right, so this is uh, this this we're coming to the close of season one of Church is Cancelled, and I just I want to close with saying I this has been a blast so far. We're going to keep doing this. Yeah. Um, the two of us are you know have a busy schedule for the next little while, so just um, this felt like a natural stopping point. And um, oh, you're cancelled. Shit. Yeah. Um, I guess for the final time this season, but not the final time ever. Of course. I'm sure you hear this every day. You're canceled. Thank you. I really appreciated you doing that to me. Welcome. And to all of our listeners as well, each and every one of you may feel free to know you're fucking canceled. That's right. We're taking your bank accounts. You won't be able to see your children anymore. You're losing custody. We'll see you on episode 16 season two of church is canceled or whatever it's going to be called in the future. Peace be upon you.